Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Evening Jones. I will be on Hot 97 from 7 to 9 with Peter Rosenberg. Please check it out if you happen to be awake. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Living Corporate got it right. Punch that in, baby. <laughs> like, what am I doing right now? Wow, what a mistake. Uh, anyway, yeah, you can check that out. Now, back to me talking about the subway. I don't know necessarily if, like, I just don't notice these things so much anymore because I'm on the subway all the time, you know, so these things just happen, and it's kind of whatever it is. But I feel like I felt for real like I'm like I'm by this New York when I'm on the subway today and I get on. And I think I had some good luck, right? I think I had just come down and boom, the train was there. So I get on the train and I hear over the speaker. If there's police on the train, please come to the conductor's car. And bruh, I ain't think nothing about nobody's safety. I ain't think a thing about what might be going wrong. What would compel the conductor to request the presence of the cops? All I thought was, oh, damn, we ain't going nowhere for a minute. That was the only thing that crossed my mind. But magically, we left in like a minute. I don't know what happened. Maybe that scared whatever the trouble was off the train, right? But then I thought about it. She was like, if there's police on the train. And I just want to ask y'all. I understand that police are people too. You know what I'm saying? They got to navigate and like get through this city just like everybody else. But like when I see police like in uniform and they're on the subway, I'm like, yo, I thought they gave y'all cars. Like no disrespect, right? Like I'm being serious. I thought y'all all got cars. Because if y'all got cars, I just don't really understand why you just like catching the train somewhere. What are they going to do? Give you a parking ticket? Yeah, man. I'd be like, yo. Okay, so somebody said the rookies get bikes. I don't know if that's true. Like, you got to work your way up uh, to get to the car. All right, Robinson says they got horses. I seen them on the horses. I'm sure you got to work your way up to the horse, right? Like, like, you just can't walk in the door and get put on horse on horse police duty. That ain't that ain't going to work. Yeah, man, them cats be like three deep on the subway, just hanging out, talking to each other. And sometimes I just want to be like, hey, no disrespect to y'all, but y'all know y'all the police, right? Like the whole the whole vibe in the place has changed. Except not really, right? Because the one thing people are really good about doing on the subway 
is minding their own goddamn business. I mean, it is an Olympic business-minding competition on the subway. Everybody's just minding their own business. That's the way it goes. And I got to say, three cops hanging out on the subway, it does come with some peripheral benefits. It ain't about to be showtime on the train if the cops is on it. Chances are you ain't about to hear no religious screed if the cops is on it. Feel like I just accidentally endorsed the increased police presence on mass transportation. I want to be clear that that's not what I'm doing because I don't engage political discussions on the podcast. Can I get a high five from y'all for how I did that? Like, I feel like, I feel like I did well right there. Like, I feel like that was a real clever way of putting that, especially considering I just came up with it off the top of my head. You know, sometimes I just feel like I want to pat myself on the back. And you know what? I did that. I did. Anyway, I'm sure there's plenty of y'all that think that I have a predisposition to dislike the police. And I just feel like I just, you know, sometimes you got to come up with an example and be like, hey, man, just so you know, I ain't saying they don't come in handy from time to time. Because, see, the thing about the subway performers for me, one, I would like to note that Actually, let me ask this. Anybody that's in here, right? And I know this ain't just like full of New Yorkers. And, you know, hit me up when you listen to this, whatever. I'm very curious. When them cats get to dancing on the subway, have you ever seen somebody get kicked in the face? Like, that's a serious question. Because I've never seen anybody get kicked in the face. I get real nervous about them cats kicking me in the face. But I ain't never seen nobody get kicked in the face. And I have to give them people a lot of credit for not kicking nobody in the face. Because when exactly are you supposed to be practicing your craft? Like, it feels like there's a certain measure of trial and error that comes in place to not kick somebody in the face. And there ain't but so many ways to reproduce the conditions of swinging on a pole on a subway. And maybe I'll just be swinging on the pole. Maybe swinging on like where you be like reaching up to hold, put your hand. Like they be grooving off of all of that stuff. And I ain't never seen nobody get kicked in the face. And they be stretching out. Right? Um, but it makes me very anxious. It makes me very anxious. And given like the tight space that they're in and the limited things that you can do, it's kind of difficult for me to tell like who's really out here rocking it when they be dancing on the subway. Like, like I can't really. But I'll say this generally speaking about singers on the subway. Singers on the subway are generally pretty good, especially if it's a group of them. Like some old heads got on the train the other day and started singing some doo-wop, man. They was dope. I got to say, they were dope. They, like, I rarely feel inconvenienced by somebody singing. But when you get on the train with a drum, that I'm not here for. And here's why. 
Maybe this is just a privilege of the technology. This is the way things have changed, whatever it is. Like back in other people's day, they didn't have this option, so they can't appreciate what I'm talking about right now. But you can't turn the volume on your headphones up high enough to uh, account for the drums. Like you can't. You cannot ignore the drumming. And I just have to say, it takes real all damn dacity when you make this decision that you're going to decide what everybody's listening to. I have the same feeling, by the way, just to be clear, as I talk about the subway, about this uniquely New York phenomenon. I ain't seen this nowhere else that I have lived, which is people just walking around playing music with speakers. Like they decide what everybody's going to be jamming to. You got to go to the grocery store on Sunday. You'd rather be at church. So you're going to turn this into church. We all going to be listening to this gospel. How do you reach that point where you just decide this is what everybody's going to listen to? And credit to New York City, by the way. People have just given up. Like the one reason I can halfway understand why it is that people just play their music out loud here is we just letting that ride. Like this is just not on the list of things that people are concerned with. Ain't nobody about to say nothing. Like people say New York people are in, are intently loud. New York people have realized that nobody's looking at you. Like Because if you start looking at stuff, you'll never get anything done. You never will. Like, that's something that you got to realize. Like, after a while, it's just kind of like, I don't pay attention to what these things are. That was why when I heard that, yo, we need some police, I did not, like, react in any way other than, so how long is this going to affect my ride home? Well, once I go to work, either way it goes, I was going somewhere, and the one place I didn't want to be was on that train. Like, I, I just I just wasn't particularly interested in that. Anyway, let's get to your questions. Should people blame the chicken for the stabbing that took place at the Popeye's? All right, so the Popeye's chicken sandwich, it has been a big deal. And gotten a little tense in a few places as it relates to the sandwiches and I believe that it was in Maryland that there was a dispute at the Popeye's and somebody wound up getting stabbed now the way that it has been commonly reported is that the stabbing was over the chicken sandwich. However, from what I read, the stabbing took place over somebody cutting in line. Now, it is safe to presume, I imagine, that the person who cut in line was doing so in order to get the chicken sandwich. 
However, it is worth noting that no one got stabbed over the chicken sandwich. Like, this is not putting a gun to somebody's head and demanding that they take off their Air Jordans. No. This is about something that goes back much, 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 much farther than the Popeye's chicken sandwich, which is people ain't really here for you cutting in line. Right? Like, there aren't really that many honor systems. I guess there are more than people give them credit for. But I still say that there aren't that many honor systems that really, like, exist in our society that work with some level of efficiency. But one of them that does work is get in line. Like, we all understand that. Get in line. You walk in somewhere, that's a line. Can you imagine the chaos that we would have on a daily basis if people did not respect the idea of getting in line? Now, understand that we are a society, and there's a general culture, of line-stepping, right? Like, people are always trying to find a way to get over, right? This is, this is the way it goes. But when you really stop and think about it, man, the notion of getting in line, like physically getting in line, that's something that is really like low-key sacrosanct in our society. And when that is violated, apparently some people do not take kindly at all to that. But let me ask you a question, and I'm just curious. Is it possible that part of the reason that people do not cut in line is because there is a little twinge of you that says, yo, that might get you cut? And that's not to say that it's appropriate to cut somebody for cutting in line. But I am saying, I do think cutting in line is something that, like, if you stab me for doing it, you should go to jail. But I would have to admit that I could have seen this coming. And again, that has nothing to do with the chicken sandwich. Nothing at all. But I'm really stopping to think about that. Like, imagine if people just got in and was just like, yo, if everywhere you went, it was get in where you fit in. Just imagine that. And you think about this, too. And I could be that person. You know what it's like? Like, when people been in line and somebody comes in and there's something, like, for whatever reason, there's reason to think that, like, there's something that makes it look like the line's shorter than it is or whatever it is, or you, you think the line starts in one direction, but it really starts in the other. And there is somebody, no matter what, that's like, hey, bro, the line start back here. Like, whoa, 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 hold on now. I watched you walk in here. Excuse me. Think about that. Like, with somebody just honestly, and you can tell they ain't really trying to do nothing, they just kind of get it mixed up, and they go before you. And you be like, whoa, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, right here, right here, right here, right here. 
Like, I'm not really a confrontational type. That's just not really that's just not really my get down. I'm down to pretty much let a lot of stuff roll at this point in my life. You know what I mean? Um, but no, nah, I can't. No, 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 no. Sorry, sorry. I'm next. I'm next. And when you hit them with that for real, hey, excuse me, I'm next. You don't really get no pushback on that. You ever notice that? Like when you have to tell somebody like, hey, 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 that's me. People are normally like, oh, my bad. Oh, I'm sorry. Because that is the one thing apparently that we respect in this game is your place in line. I tell you this, though, boy, it's been deep. Every Popeyes, I done been past, man. It's been deep. They have done an amazing job of promoting this chicken sandwich. And it's going to be real disappointing when we find out how much of this is being done by bots. And thought about that, had you? Appreciate the question. Let's go to the next one. I was four years old when Media Man came out. So it wasn't until I was in college that I realized, wait, there's a ton of black talent in this film. Am I tripping for thinking it doesn't get the respect it deserves in the black cinematic lexicon? I'm send this uh send this out here um to the masses because I want to get as many people here when I answer this question. I don't want anybody to feel like they missed anything here. I don't want anybody to feel uh left out. I want to make sure that everybody hears what I got to say. I have not seen Meteor Man since it came out. I suppose that is well over 20 years ago. I recall that being quite possibly the worst movie I've ever seen. I, 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 I remember it being absolutely dreadful. Um, I, I, this is the first time I've heard anybody like think about it as anything, anything. I've, 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 wow. Um, like he got Hollywood shuffling. That's good. And, uh, I probably, I don't know if I want to do, do I want to say this amongst my people? I will simply say that the best parts of the five heartbeats are the music. And that those parts are much, 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 much better than the rest of the film. America, um, oh man, that was that, that, that right there, that was not cinematic excellence. Uh, somebody said, What about Eddie asking to get back in the group? That is that scene is and I don't remember exactly who it was. It's not David Ruffin, 
But that scene is a direct lift of a Motown story. I just got through reading a book about Motown uh, last week. It's a direct lift of one of those stories. Um, I will also I will say this though. Um, fun fact about me: I once attended a celebrity roast for Rudy Ray Moore. It was the year two thousand two. I believe it was at the Knitting Factory in West Hollywood. Um, and anyway, I don't remember everybody that was on the panel doing the roasting, right? Um, but I know Jimmy, I can't remember Jimmy's last name. Jimmy, that was in Dolomite, right? Uh, Mike Epps in the Netflix movie. He was on the panel. Uh, Raj from What's Happening. He was on the panel. I'm not making this up, by the way. I mean, I know this sounds crazy. But also on the panel was Big Red from the Five Heartbeats. And I understand that this was many years after the Five Heartbeats had come out. But something that I do believe you don't really get a great handle on from that movie if what he looked like in 2002 was any indication, Big Red is big. That is a big dude. Like the idea of him hanging you out the window, totally plausible. That is a big dude. I don't really feel like in real life, I guess there's always somebody dumb enough to do this, but I don't think in real life you would have been running up on Big Red like that all by yourself. I, as a general rule, man, like you got anybody that is only known by a nickname, man, you got to feel them out. And I feel like Big Red had displayed enough to let you know that that was not that that was not the approach to take with that particular gentleman. Anyway, Meteor Man was cheeks. Appreciate the question. Let me see what else we got here. Did you read about the Airbnb scam and the impending FBI investigation? Yes, I did. I think that was in Wired, but you got to check this out, man. And so basically, the scam that people's running on the Airbnb is they were putting up pictures of like a, a fly-ish, not necessarily fly, but a fly-ish Airbnb, right? And, uh, you you jump on it, right? But then that place wouldn't be available. And they tell you, okay, well, what you got to do is, here's, the, here's what the location is, and then you get there, and it'd be a flop house. But you stuck. You just got to town. They already got your money, and the refund process for Airbnb is terrible. So you really don't have any other options. And the thing about Airbnb that is so mind-blowing to me is how little recourse they provide for customers. Like, if you wind up catching an L on Airbnb, it's just an L. That's it. There's so little that you can do, and they don't really seem to care. And I'm guessing that I don't, I mean, I don't know exactly what it is that puts them there. If it's something about the nature of the operation, or if they're just super greedy or whatever it is, 
but you can catch a serious, serious, like, hey, man, say what you want about hotels, but at least they got like a district manager or somebody that you can call. And at the very least, man, you get breakfast free the next day. You know what I'm saying? Appreciate the question. Let's see what else we got here. When you look at the baggy era, do you appreciate it or hate that era in fashion? I don't think I would say that I hate it necessarily, but I would say, wow, we looked ridiculous. Like, there may be a possibility that the kids of today are going to look back on their the clothes that they're wearing now, and then they're going to be like, wow, we looked ridiculous. I mean, I guess that's possible. I don't really know, right? And I don't know if I am just a bit more self-aware than the average person or my generation. Maybe we all are more self-aware. But guys, we looked ridiculous. And not only did we look ridiculous, we had the girls out here doing the same ridiculous shit. Fellas, what is more hustling backwards than indulging in a fashion trend that then encourage women to also wear baggy jeans? I mean, not, not that the women was like doing what we told them to do necessarily, right? There's certainly some independent agency that came along with that, but I feel like we had a hand in it and that, that I mean... As long as they happy, but I don't feel like that was really a great play for us. Right? Maybe I'm wrong, right? Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm silly in this. Um, that's just a thought. It's just a thought. But we looked foolish. We did. Yeah. Anyway. Appreciate the question. Let's see what else you got here. Can we talk about T.I. and his medical checkups with his daughter, or are we chilling on that for reasons? No, we can talk about that. So I imagine by now many of you have seen this thing where T.I. says that he goes with his daughter, who's now 18, with her in her visits with the gynecologist to make sure that her hymen um, has been maintained. Which, gotta say, one of the weirdest things I've ever heard. Um, Mike, if you think about it, on one level, one could think that T.I. is like really ahead of the game on this parenting thing in the sense that he as a man feels comfortable going with his daughter to the gynecologist. There are not a lot of men who'd enjoy doing that. You know? So there's that. Except he in there being the police. That's the wildest thing I've ever heard. And wilder, by the way, is that there's nobody that can talk to him enough to be like, hey, dog, don't do that. Like, not that child's mother, not that man's wife. Nobody, apparently, can be like, hey, dog, have you lost your mind? That is preposterous. But the other stuff he said was wild, too. But basically, he's he's trying to get in this idea that, that, you know, 
she's a virgin, that'll keep the dudes away from her because nobody likes a virgin. That's no fun. That's too much work. And it dawned on me what he was doing. He is doing whatever it takes to keep her away from a dude like him. Because think about this. Fundamentally, he is encouraging her to be the kind of woman that he would not deal with. There's a serious level of self-loathing, I think, that's under the surface of this insane behavior. Somebody said she'll be dating a rapper in two years. Eh, That's what he said in the chat room. Appreciate the question. Let's see what else you got here. What's your favorite John Witherspoon saying? Hey, man, to me, there's really only one answer here. And that answer is Thanksgiving dinner and boomerang. That is the funniest scene in anything. The single funniest movie scene. I, I, I really cannot think of a movie scene that makes me laugh more. Now, part of it is that I think that scene in general is a, uh, whatchamacallit. Um, it's the Hudlin brothers, classic ability to do class stuff. And cause that's what that is. That is the dude being embarrassed by his, like, I saw a subtle part of this. I don't think that it gets discussed enough is that, this is like some great migration stuff, right? Like when you think about what the ages of the people that are involved for them to be that country in New York. Right. And so you got your country daddy and you are like from up here. You know what I mean? Cause I think they were supposed to be from New York, right? Like, like they was living in New York, if I'm not mistaken. And so that means David Allegrim been getting embarrassed by his country as parents his whole life. And then they do it here. And then they embarrass Eddie Murphy. Oh, my God. It's all so funny. And that woman walking out that bathroom like the Queen of England. Oh, my goodness. Put that coat all this side out. Flawless. Flawless. Somebody else has Boomerang Classic. Yes, for me, at least it is. Boomerang is like the forgotten great um romantic comedy not forgotten by black people but kind of forgotten overall and it has some incredibly just incredible scenes the thing about boomerang though and it's the same thing kind of happened with harlem nights like when people talking about the underrated uh like black cinema thing harlem nights is an interesting to america's sort of situation because the reviews of harlem nights were incredibly harsh and black people love it um it's not coming to america but it's still pretty damn good even if it's not always uproariously funny, it's a good movie, right? But Eddie directed Harlem Nights. Eddie ran Boomerang. And there's something to note about those two movies. One, you don't see too many movies like Harlem Nights where the black people win and like all the white people lose. Don't think for a second 
that that did not affect the way that movie was reviewed. And with Boomerang, which was just black, 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 black. How many white people were in Boomerang? I think the only white people in Boomerang were the, were the jokers that were carrying Strong J into the joint. And you go back and read those reviews of Boomerang, and they were scathing, scathing. As I recall, Eddie Murphy had to do something in the New York Times about it because it was so much. So much. But yeah, Harlem Nights, uh, Harlem Nights gets that treatment. I think that one winds up uh, getting forgotten. I also feel like I forgot what I was talking about just a second ago. So I'm going to go find another question that is somewhat related to the things that we are talking about right now. And I just saw it. Where to go? 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 Here we go. Did you get a chance to watch Dolomite on Netflix? I am assuming that you're talking about uh, Dolomite is my name. And I did see that. I actually went and saw it in the theater. Um, they had a little run of it um, in New York before it came on Netflix. I thought it was a very good movie. Um, it ain't like the greatest movie I've ever seen. And it was a very good performance by Eddie Murphy. Because I feel like I've seen some things where people acting like at some points he just starts doing Eddie Murphy. And I didn't ever really get a feeling that he was ever doing um, Eddie Murphy in that. Like, I felt like he was being the character that he was set to play. Um, and I, it, it's a very, like, decidedly American, like, rags to not even riches, but notoriety sort of thing. And the more I do the kind of work that I do, the more interested I get in this idea of how many people just want the world to know their names. Like, like that notion is just very interesting that people just want to be seen. They just want to be recognized, like the validation they get in that way. Because it's something that I personally cannot relate to because I'm not built like that. But I'm coming like more and more to understand and be a little more empathetic of and less judgmental of people where that it, that's what they want. The other thing for me, at least in watching that movie, um, as someone who was kind of, you know, like I obviously like work for a machine now, but as somebody who kind of built his own, I love seeing those stories of people scraping, hustling, and figure out just how they're going to get it done one way or another. You know, and so this is that kind of movie. So, yeah, if you haven't seen it, I do recommend you check it out. It's, it's worth a watch. All right, appreciate the question. Let me see what else we got here. Will Eddie Murphy be relevant in today's climate when he starts his comedy rollout? I tell you this, I did a talk at Vassar last week. And I had a student ask me a question about Eddie Murphy. So. Take that as you will. All right. Let me see what else. Let me see what else. Let me see what else. You see the report today about colleges buying high school student data to artificially inflate application, decrease acceptance rate. Doesn't that open a pretty wide door for some discrimination lawsuits? Uh, I don't know if it opens a door for discrimination lawsuits, but that's some next level greed right there, right? Y'all just working people for application fees in effect, or just like just to increase the denominator so you can appear to be more exclusive. Like one thing, exclusivity for its own sake is whack. It's really, really whack. Like, if you're doing anything just because they don't let a lot of people in, you're hustling backwards from the very beginning. Like, that, like you talk about clout chasing. That's the original clout chasing right there. 
and I don't support it. Like, I just don't think it's a good idea. I don't think it's like ultimately going to contribute to anybody's happiness. But just the idea that they are targeting people that they know they're not going to let in. Like, for what? For what? And I imagine a lot of these schools that's doing this, they got plenty of bread. Like, ain't no need. Have you ever considered writing a fiction work like Ta-Nehisi Coates? Any other lanes of media entertainment you'd be interested in pursuing? Let me tell you something, Doc. I think the last fiction book I read was Animal House. And I read that when I was like 19 because I realized I hadn't read it. I don't read fiction. And I admit that I spent a significant part of my time in school like not reading anything that was assigned. I tried to read To Kill a Mockingbird a couple years ago, man. That shit bored me to tears. I couldn't get past like the fifth page. I was like, yo, this is whack. And I stopped. I just don't really get down with fiction. All right. Amanda Seal still talking about getting kicked out this party. In your perspective, how small is the black celebrity circle? Well, that depends on what you mean by celebrity circle. Um, like the whole celebrity circle, black or otherwise, has been made a lot smaller by social media because the notion of a follow creates a level of connection that didn't exist before. And so, um, like I know a decent number of famous people at this point, and most of it starts with social media, right? It's you know, a byproduct of my job, whatever it is, but I wouldn't have no way of like really connecting with them folks in that way. So like in that way, yeah, the internet has made it smaller, but that's just not with black people. But what you're kind of talking about is something different though. And I don't know what Amanda's saying about that right now. Um, but like the black LA celebrity circle. Oh, now that's itty bitty. <laughs> that that's a different world right there. Like that black Hollywood thing. When you talk about the size of it, that right there is small, right? But that is, I'm not part of that, but I can tell you like that is a small world. All right. Appreciate the question. Let me see what else we got here. Your boy, a little tired and I got to do radio in the morning. Somebody asked me a question about power. Have I ever given you any indication that I watched that? All right. I'll answer this last one. You good with Christmas being celebrated before Thanksgiving. Here's the thing, man. Ain't nobody celebrating Christmas right now. It is getting ready for Christmas. Which, to a degree, I understand. Like, I don't have children, so uh, like, like the the need to, like, get in the advanced spirit and all that stuff, I don't really have. Like, I, don't have I don't need to do that much. I ain't got that much work to do. I'm not in that kind of a hurry. You're like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't have... All I got to do for Christmas is show up somewhere and Amazon some stuff. Like, I, I don't like it don't mean that same thing to me. But nobody's like actually celebrating it. They're trying to get you to buy stuff. That's all it is. And that's a difference. And I mean, somebody has told them that there's a demand for this. I don't know where they got that from. I am not that person. But they ain't just burning money on this stuff. Somebody want it. They're already showing like Christmas movies on TV. Y'all be watching them. And I don't know who y'all are, but somebody is. It ain't me, but somebody's doing it. If somebody wasn't doing it, man, they wouldn't put it on TV. Just letting you know. 
But ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us here on the Evening Jones. Try to do this thing once every week or two, something like that. My man Lance Gilliam handles everything behind the scenes. Thank you, sir. Uh, remember, if you can't watch the Evening Jones live, subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe to the iTunes store. Subscribe at Stitcher Radio. Check us out at SoundCloud. We are also at the Google Play Store. And talk to you guys in a little while. Take it easy.